You're listening to Plug In to Health with Prevea Health, exploring healthcare topics that matter to you, the latest developments in health and medicine, and the inspiring stories that emerge from Prevea Health, our partners, and the communities we serve. It's been almost two years since our president and CEO underwent heart surgery and began a new journey in his physical and mental health. He bravely shared his story with us here on Plug Into Health shortly after his heart surgery. And if you haven't already, give that episode a listen. It's called Dr. Ashok Rai, The CEO's Health Scare and Plea to Others. It's one of our most downloaded episodes to date. On this episode, we're excited to welcome Dr. Rai back to learn about where he is now on his journey, the new insights he's gained since we last connected almost two years ago, and what he wants us all to take away from it. Dr. Rai, welcome back. Thanks for having me. So when we last connected here, you had had just had heart surgery two months prior, and you were also still navigating your new diagnosis of type 2 diabetes. What would you like to share with us about what your health looks like today? You know, I'd say my health today is is better. There's no doubt. I mean, you know, I've, I've recovered from surgery. Um, I had some complications right after surgery uh, where parts of my heart uh, weren't functioning as, as good as I think we were hoping they would. That took about a year to get better, uh, but definitely better, and I feel better. There's no doubt. Um, I would say my weight is significantly down, which has helped with the type 2 diabetes, but I'm still a patient. Uh, I am not perfect by any means. I'm not where I want to be by any means, but I am better. And what would you say have been your biggest wins so far along your healthcare journey? I think the weight loss was a big win. Now, drugs helped with that. The diabetes drugs helped with the weight loss. That's a big win. Getting my uh, hemoglobin A1C. So that's kind of a measure of how your diabetes is doing. Your doctor checks that blood test, you know, every 90 days if you're compliant, which and given my history, I'm actually now compliant and getting that done every 90 days. I started out with a really big number, 10.8, which um, is very high. I always told everybody I was a sweet person, didn't realize I was that sweet. But uh, now um, my hemoglobin A1C is below six, and that's a fantastic number to be at. Mm -hmm. So I would say that I've made great strides in a lot of areas, uh, but still have a lot more to make. So kind of on that note, have there been some struggles along the way for you? You mentioned, I'm not perfect. What have been the struggles? It is very hard being a diabetic. And I think that sounds like a kind of a, like a duh statement to somebody like, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not easy, but you know, I've treated in my career, probably thousands of people with the diagnosis of diabetes. And I think when you're on the physician side of it, you're like, well, just lose the weight, control your blood sugars. Don't eat that. When you're the patient, it is, um, it is so difficult, especially with how people are around you or they question you or, you know, I think this is uh, airing or we're taping this the week of Valentine's Day. The amount of people that have put cookies in front of me with hearts on them and chocolate chips or boxes of chocolates and, you know, all the stuff that, let's just be honest, I used to have a lot of. And let's be honest, it it's not fun watching everybody else have fun around you. And I know food's not always fun, but there's just times where it's so frustrating because you know, I want to be healthy. I want to be there for my family, for my children, for our company. 
I want to set this example since everybody's now watching me since I've been so public with my health. And it's like, but I'm also human. And this balance, um, I think everybody, and we're talking about this during Heart Health Month because everybody's focused on my story because of the open heart surgery. And yeah, that that hurt. I see the scars on my chest every time I shave in the morning. I, I still have the scar on my neck from my internal jugular line that was put in. I, I feel the scars in my chest. But what people I don't what people don't realize is that got better. But now I'm a chronic disease patient. I have to watch my cholesterol. I have to watch my blood sugars. I, you know, all of that is just it. It's hard because you don't get a day off from being a patient. There must be some added pressure too. You're you're a physician. People think, well, you know, you should know, and and of course you do know, but you are also human. You're you're more than just a physician. You're also human, and this is just as hard for you. Yeah, and I think it's doubly hard because of I don't know maybe the position I'm in where you know you're a little bit more recognizable at a restaurant. Uh, because I had to put my story out there, um, which I'm still happy I did. And then I'm happy that people can listen to me. But I would say to every patient that I've ever sat down with, I wish I could take back so much of my conversations and redo them with you. Um, I feel differently. I I feel for you all. Um, I am now one of all of you. And it's just a very different perspective. Uh, it, being a patient and knowing that I'll never not be one. So what I mean by that is, you know, even like with my cancer as a kid, once they removed my right eye and I went through some therapy, technically my cancer was cured. Um, Granted, I only have one eye now, but I still have my life. And that was a finite portion of time. And I still have to get screened all the time and all of that. But I never looked at myself as like this chronic patient. I now have two disease processes going on in my body, my heart disease and my diabetes, that I'm never not going to be a patient. I'm always going to be a patient now. Every 90 days, I'm getting my labs drawn. Every 90 days, I'm seeing my physician, or I try to. He's probably listening to this saying, hey, you missed your last appointment. I was only a week late. (laughs) But it's one of those situations where even as I was recovering and talked about this two years ago, I still thought, okay, I'm done with this now. I, I, I'm just going to heal through surgery. I'm going to get my golf swing back and all's good. And I think waking up every day as a patient now was not something I was quite prepared for when I first spoke about this. You talked a little bit about this, but you know, when you, when you look at the, the wins and the struggles, um, what have been the biggest takeaways for you that impact the way that you now practice medicine and or lead a major healthcare provider? Well, definitely on the practice medicine side, and, and I still see patients, and you know, I probably approach um, the conversations a little differently. I, I Not probably, I do approach almost every conversation differently, whether that be the conversation around pain after surgery or you know, motivation to be healthier or how are you feeling today? And then the follow-up questions I probably asked now that I probably never did in the past. Um, I can translate a look from a patient probably a lot better now than I am one. And it's just, it's hard to explain that, I think, but I can definitely feel it. 
as a leader um, of a health system and 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 kind of the public face and voice of it, if you if you would, mm-hmm. um, I will till the day I retire speak from the voice of a patient and physician now, and will always pause in some of our decision making and try to understand what it means. Um, when we truly say we're going to invest in somebody's health, like what does that mean? Even for somebody who has over 2,000 employees, uh, you know, what what does it mean to invest in your employees' health these days? And I have a very different perspective on mental health over the last two years. And I always thought I would, had a good perspective on it. And I've always been open with people about mental health struggles and if I needed help, especially during the pandemic, where obviously that was very traumatic for any of us in the middle of it. But for some of us that were practicing and then having to you know, put ourselves out there and speak publicly, the, the, there was a lot of mental health struggles that came with that. But the, the mental health struggles of being a chronic disease patient, just it, it's in a category of its own that's very hard to explain and recognizing that when we make certain decisions. I think those are some of the biggest things, but probably the single biggest thing that I hope I can change in this role, because I mean, I can't make the world healthy. I can't make people do things differently in my job, but the one set of resources that I hope to do a much better job at Purveya of deploying is helping people navigate their health journey. I'm a pretty well-trained physician. I still practice medicine. And let's just be honest, if I need something, I can text somebody and get it when it comes to healthcare. I need to talk to a specialist. If I need to go to a highly specialized doctor, then there's only one in the country. I probably know that CEO of that health system because I'm a CEO and we all kind of talk to each other. So I can navigate healthcare in a very efficient, almost impossible way that other people couldn't. And now I sit back and saying, okay, what if I was a 49-year-old male engineer, not doctor, not CEO of a health organization? How long would it have taken me to get that first appointment? How long would it have taken me to schedule that surgery? Would I have known who to call for surgery? Would I have even known what surgery was like? And, And then how do I navigate being a chronic disease patient or if I work at a paper uh, plant or if I am a farmer, how would I navigate all of this? Our health system, and I knew this before surgery, I knew this before being a patient, is so complicated. Healthcare is complicated. The human body is a complicated, you know, machine for lack of better words. But we are so complicated because we're so subspecialized. We, We do so many things to help people but it's not as orchestrated as you might think. And how do we help people, you know, kind of push that easy button when it comes to their healthcare? So it's Saturday morning and a 45-year-old woman is doing a self-breast exam and she finds a lump. What are we going to do Saturday night for that person? What are we going to do Monday morning for that person? How are we going to navigate them through hoping that it's a benign lump that she found? Or how are we going to navigate the parent who just found out their child has diabetes and has to learn how to give shots and take blood? And, you know, we're good at it once we have you in the exam room and, and can teach you all of that. But 
when you leave the exam room, how do we know that you remembered all of that? What are we doing to navigate people down their health journey? I think it's the single biggest learning outside of, I need to take better care of myself and being a patient sucks. Um, The single biggest learning I got out of this in my leadership role is that we have to do a much better job of helping people navigate healthcare. And I'm much more committed to putting resources forward to that. You know, even getting going to employers and saying, do you want to purvey a health navigator to help your employees when, and here's a, here's a 1-800 number to call. I'm, I'm to that point now of how do we get out there and help people navigate when, because let's be honest, every day, bad things happen to good people. And how do they, where do they turn to? Well, most people turn to Google, Dr. Google. Hopefully they're not t- turning to Dr. Facebook at the same time. <laughs> But in reality, even then, you're getting, you're getting information from so many different sources, you don't know what source is right. And now you got all this information, you still need to see somebody. You still need to have something done possibly or to be checked on. How do you know who to call? And what if you can't get in for three weeks? What are you going to do for that next three weeks? Who's going to hold your hand? And I think in healthcare, we have a tendency to hold your hand at the end of your life, right? You know, and I, I know that from all my time being an ICU doctor or being a doctor in the hospital or even in a nursing home, we do a lot of handholding. But we don't do it throughout your healthcare journey. And we need to find a better way to do that. And that's one thing I've definitely gotten from this experience is I got incredible care because I knew who to call and what to do. How do we get everybody that level of care? Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, there are some people who may be listening or know of somebody um, who's listening who is also navigating a chronic disease like you do. And you talked about some of the struggles um, that you experience going through that. I wonder if I would like to know what do you like to do as a person to either um, prevent that overwhelm from, from taking over you or when you are feeling overwhelmed, like, what do you do to stay sane and, and get through this journey? Well, first of all, I think it's important to be honest to know that every patient, including me, has good days and bad days. And bad days won't define what this disease is going to do to you. And sometimes that's hard to comprehend uh, for patients, even for me. Like that one bad day that my blood sugars went a little higher. We know it's about averages, and we have to be smart about our health care, but you are going to have good days and bad days. There are days where my glucose monitor goes off, and I want to throw my phone across the room because I'm like, I did everything right. What did I eat today? And then I didn't count my carbs right, and I'm so frustrated with myself as a person. Like I almost think of it as a failure, and then I have to hit pause, and knowing that I didn't fail, I need to learn. But it's so frustrating being a patient some days because of those bad days where you think you're doing everything right and you're not getting better because you do have a disease. And it's important to recognize that you have a disease and that every physical disease is going to have a mental health outcome to it or an effect to your mental health is probably a better way to say it. And that I would tell everybody with a chronic disease, I hope you're getting some mental health help. Because you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days and you're going to need somebody 
to help you through the bad days. And you'll, you need to find coping mechanisms. And I think that's what I've found the most is, you know, I've worked with somebody to help me know that I'm not a perfect individual, know that despite me being a physician and despite all the resources I have, I am not perfect and how to navigate the bad days as much as I've learned to also celebrate the good days like the weight loss. And, you know, when I look in the mirror, those scars mean I'm healed. And, you know, there's, there's a sense of celebration of, you know, like last year I walked 7.1 miles because they stopped my heart for 71 minutes. Um, and you also got a tattoo. <laughs> Tell us a, about the tattoo. I got a tattoo on the inside of my, my right arm that has an EKG strip. So that's kind of the heart rhythm strip you see. Uh, that stops for a while and has 71 written above it, and then it restarts because my heart was stopped for 71 minutes. But the most important part about that tattoo is the back end of it is when the heart restarts, and it's to remind me every day of what I went through, but I'm still beaten. Mm. And that's why I have that there. Yeah, It is a reminder of what I went through, but I'm still beating. So it's it's a positive mental health reminder for me. It's not a negative. Um. And it's just a, it's a thing that's personal for me now. That number is going to mean a lot to me now. You know, I actually, for, you might laugh at me for this, but got golf balls is because I'm, I think most people know that know me personally, I like to golf. Okay. So I ordered all my golf balls to have Mm -hmm. the number 71 on them. (laughs) Okay. Hey, you, you got to do what you got to do. It's my happy place. And uh, especially, you know, as a family to be able to do it. Uh, So there are little things that I've done to celebrate what I went through too. So it's not that my life is all bad. Uh, there are good days and there's bad days, but I've also learned as much to navigate the bad days as to celebrate the good days. Yeah. What are some other, you know, outlets for you that help you get your mind off things? Uh, you love golf. I know hunting is one of them Hunting's too. a big deal. So one of the biggest accomplishments I had right after surgery is – I healed up and I tried to get myself healthier and I went on an elk hunt uh, in September and I had surgery in April. So that was a big deal. And then this year got to, didn't get as many days as I'd like. Uh, That's what every hunter would probably say to you up in my bow stand. Uh, But I got some time up there in bow hunting this, uh, this year and to get back at that was a really big treat for me. I've always loved it, the peace of it, to be up, to be in the tree, but I don't know. It, 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 everything means so much more now. Like every extra minute with my kids means so much more now. Like golfing with my daughter means everything to me now. Being able to hunt, it just means so much more now because I know what I went through. I know that stuff could have maybe not happened anymore. And I put myself at risk for that. So I've learned to really enjoy the things. I just have a very different outlook. Yeah. And, you know, I recall because I, I went ahead and I, I went back and I listened to, you know, the first episode that we did with you when it was, you know, such a short time after your heart surgery. And you talked a lot about, you know, the time leading up to that, how, you know, you had kind of been ignoring your health because, I mean, you have a very stressful job, you know, of course, and then too, when the pandemic hit, et cetera. Um, and you didn't you didn't leave a lot of time for yourself to enjoy um, those things about with life, and it sounds like you're allowing more time for yourself to enjoy the things that you love to do. Yeah, you know, I, 
probably still. I, I, I think if my wife was listening to this, she'd say, no, he's back to his normal crazy self as far as his <laughs> schedule goes. Yeah, no doubt about that. But that's who I am. I love what I do. I love Purveya. I love being a physician. I, 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 I am surrounded by amazing people, amazing partners. And I'm probably even more passionate about my job now than I ever have been, which I didn't think was possible. But when I do get that time to sit back or to have fun or to laugh, it means a lot more these days. I think I enjoy the enjoyment more now than I ever have in my life. Mm -hmm. And what a good takeaway for us all. I mean, right? Life is short. Do the things that you love and, and make you happy. Most definitely. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, everybody has to schedule it because I think, you know, people will roll their eyes if I said that. But just when you get the chance to have some fun, go have some fun and soak it up because you do, you don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. And I know a lot of people say that, take it from somebody that had to experience it. Um, you don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. So enjoy every minute of today. What do you, what do you think your health journey looks like on the road ahead or where do you want it to be? I wish I was a little bit more active. I think my physical activity hasn't recovered to the point of where I used to be, and I and I don't know why. Um, it's not because of the heart. It's some of the weight loss means muscle loss, so I, I do feel that. I think some of the mental health barriers have prevented me from – there's a fear. You know, when you're a patient, like, what's going to happen to you if you start working out again? There's this – there's this irrational fear that I have too. And then just the motivation to do some of that. It's, it's been tough. I wish I was, I wish I was back to cycling or doing something like that, especially in Wisconsin where, you know, I can't golf all year round. Uh, (laughs) um, but I, so that's one component that I wish I was better at. Um, I need to still work on every aspect of being a better diabetic, being a better mental health patient, being a better cardiac patient. Every day I could do something a little bit better and I'll try to. Anything you want to leave us with? Any, you know, parting messages and 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 why you are so willing to come back and and touch base with us again here. You know when I first came on and you and I talked about this, it was about trying to get people aware about their health and go take care of it. I think I'm here today to still talk to people who haven't taken care of their health and, and, and to tell them to take care of it. Please do. I have joined a club of people with chronic disease, and I wanted them to hear from somebody else with a chronic disease that I have good days and bad days too, and the bad days can be really bad, and not to give up taking care of your own health um, make little wins, find help, both mentally and physically. Uh, and if you're new to this or you're overwhelmed, find somebody to help you navigate it. It is, it is very overwhelming. There's so much information out there, not all of it good. I think I'm more motivated now to relate with my fellow chronic disease patients and, and really try to lift them up because a lot have lifted me up too. Their stories have lifted me up. People have stopped me in the stores. People have talked to me about it's it's interesting because I've become so transparent in my uh, about my health. 
I think everybody feels like they could be very transparent with their <laughs> about their health uh, journeys with me. I'll be sitting in a restaurant and somebody will come up and talk to me about some pretty interesting disease patterns that they might be going through. Uh, I just want people to know it's it, it it's not great being a patient. There's no doubt about it. Nobody draws that up in their life plan. And it's okay to ask for help. And it's okay to have bad days. We're so grateful you joined us here again. So many great takeaways. um, And so glad that um, you're doing well along your journey. Thank you. And a big thank you to our listeners as well. While you're here, check out some of our Great Doctors Inspiring Stories episodes. We have so many great doctors here at Purveya Health who, like Dr. Rye, have inspiring and compelling stories to share. Be sure to look for the Great Doctors Inspiring Stories in the episode titles. You've been listening to Plug Into Health with Purveya Health. To learn more and to submit ideas for future shows, please visit purveya.com slash podcast. And please remember, the information provided in this podcast does not constitute medical advice. It is not intended to replace interactions with your healthcare professional. And if you are concerned about your healthcare, you should consult with your healthcare professional. You can learn more about Purveya Health at purveya.com. Thank you for choosing to plug into health with Purveya Health. <music>